Yo, welcome back to the I Am Impact podcast. We are super excited to be here. Boost 2022, we're going to be doing a recap, and this is also the relaunch of the I Am Impact podcast here with my co-host, my brother from another mother, Gene Wilson. You excited, brother? I am super excited, man. It's been so long, waiting to get back for three whole years of isolation and virtual calls, looking at people through a screen, not being able to be in physical space. I'm super excited. Let's go. Let's go. So uh, today, just an overview of what we'll be talking about is, one, we want to reintroduce ourselves and talk about I'm Impact, who we are, what we do, why you should book us for your next training, your next workshop, uh, because that's what we're going to be doing. So just understand that I'm Impact is here to serve you. And as much as it's about us, it's not about us. So we're going to jump into it. Um, talk about an overview of our services. We're going to talk about um, who we are as a brand, our values. And so without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and get it started. My name is Nathan Houston, and I am the one of the co-founders of I Am Impact. And I'm going to pass it to my brother. I am Gene Wilson. I actually go by Nathaniel as well. Nathaniel is my government name, but since our names are so closely alike, <laughs> I go by Gene, but Nathaniel or Gene works, so. Absolutely, absolutely. So, one, we're going to jump into our vision, right? And we think about I'm Impact. A lot of folks are always like, they just, they get super hooked just off the name. They're like, yo, your name is super fire. What is I'm Impact? Tell me more about it. So one, our vision, I'm Impact is about cultivating relationships to help people walk in the fullness of themselves. And my brother going to talk about our mission. Our mission is to inspire others from the inside out to impact this world. And we understand that so many people, right? So many people get caught up in looking at uh, external factors, the mm -hmm. things that are going on around them, outside of them. And what we want to help people do is hone in on what's going on inside of them, right? And so one of the things that we want to focus on in our values, and so our values for I Am Impact are joy, community, empathy, and love, right? So we want to make sure that we do everything with love. Anything you want to add about our values? I think it's important that we always start with values. You define these values, um, it's important when you're starting any relationship with anybody, with, regardless of the type of relationship, always starting with your values because you don't break your values. Usually when you have rules or standards, you usually bend and break those. But your values is something that's a better moral compass guide for you. So, Absolutely, absolutely. And um, then lastly, what do we do, right? So there's a lot of things that we do, and we're just going to call out some of the things, right? training and facilitation. Coaching. Right? We got our subscriptions, right? If you want to come, um, you want Zoom calls, access to monthly Zoom calls with us, we can do the subscriptions. What else we got? We got development, personal development, professional development. Mentoring, right? And coaching. Uh, I'm going to pause right here so my brother can talk about liberatory coaching because if you're trying to free your mind, Gene, let him know. Liberatory coaching. Um, I was going to walk around with the title of life coach, but I feel like life coach really doesn't capture all of what this style of coaching is, um, when you're talking about liberation, I want people to be free. It was something that I got exposed to on my healing journey. I wanted to be well. Um, people sometimes subscribe to therapies. Therapy some people's thing. For other people, therapy's not their thing. I think with this liberatory coaching style, it's like we're in partnership together. Me as a coach, I'm not an expert. You're the expert of your own life, and you have all the answers within you. Sometimes you just need the right push or a question to kind of unlock those. And that's really what liberatory coaching does. And it also invites the whole person in. Um, There's parts that you're shameful about. 
the parts of yourself that you think is dark or you've been made to feel bad about. Um, we invite all of that in and really get to know that um, because all of it is a part of you and it should be embraced as such. Absolutely. We talk about coaching, right? A lot of folks are living their lives, doing it by themselves. So we want to come in and be a part of that journey with you and help you carry that burden or just even that success, right? We want to help uh, coach you and mentor you into greatness. Um, again, we talked about the facilitation and training, uh, building out consensus workshops with folks, right? Helping large groups or small groups come to a consensus of what their works or their ideas. We know that a lot of people, if you're anything like me, Right? You're overthinking. You think a lot. That means yeah. you can't just have one thought or one idea. When you have that one idea, that one concept you put out at your head, right, you got like 10 or 20 other ideas or thoughts attached to that. So what we want to do is help folks to scale it in, bring it back so that we can actually narrow our goals down so we can focus on those things and knock them out the park. And so getting into it today. What are we doing today? Today, we are going to be recapping our experience at the 2022 Boost Conference mm. um, stands for Best Out of School Time Conference. There is absolutely a phenomenal, amazing experience. And we, how long has it been since we've been able to attend in person? Three whole years. <laughs> Three years. Three whole years, y'all. Long time. So Too long. We, we back now, and this is our, our first time back in person uh, for three years. Three years. Three years. We back in person now. So what we wanted to do is like, yo, how awesome would it be to relaunch the podcast? And then on top of that, also re like go back and reflect over Boost 2022 because that experience, right, will never happen again. And so we've taken some notes. We've uh, reflected and just kind of meditated on the experiences that we had. And we've done some great, we had some great experiences, right? I think it's, it's safe to say that every time we've attended the Boost Conference, our responsibility, our roles, our networking, our training. I think we've just been leveling up. What you think? Oh, for sure. The growth has been real. And it's actually been absolutely necessary because I think we've improved ourselves. And as we've improved ourselves, it makes what we do even that much more effective. And so every year I feel like I've grown. I feel like more opportunities are coming. I feel like people are really resonating with the work because it is authentic. Um, and it is for the people. Like, we do this really because we want our communities to be well. We want everything around us to thrive and grow. So Super dope. I want to touch on that authenticity for a moment because one of the things that we like to do and what we reflect on uh, a lot is a lot of the things that we talk about and that we, as we're going through these journeys, we're in the thick of it. Mm -hmm. uh, we're not We're not on the other side, you know, and some of the things that we talk about. And I think that's what makes it more beautiful because we're not – telling you, like, cheering you on from the finish line. We're, like, in it with you, right? And so we're telling you, like, we've, we, we've been right there where you are, um, and we're struggling through those things, and we're not going to paint this beautiful, like, rosy picture, right? Like, no, some of this stuff gets dark. Um, it gets isolating, right? It gets frustrating. It gets hard. It gets hard, right? It so gets hard. what we talk about in I'm Impact, but we also want to help people tap, tap into that gift, tap into that belief system to understand that you are impact that you can make a difference. And with us on your side, we can help you, you know, uh, level up, man. And that's what the goal is. And so uh, we're going to start with, um, you know, first of all, I, I think just the, the drive there, leaving mm -hmm. from Sacramento, we left around, what time, Gene? What time did we leave, bro? About 12.35-ish. Yeah, yeah, no, I think it's more like one, <laughs> right? Because I think we were supposed to leave at um, about 12 o'clock, but my brother said he was on his way at 12.15 and showed up around... 12, 40, 55, 59-ish, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so we headed out, man. We made it safely, thank God, to Palm Springs, California. 
And again, it was it was also for me, I ain't gonna lie, like I kept thinking of like this deserted space, right? We are in the desert, but I was thinking like because of COVID, I thought it was just gonna be like, you know, just bad looking, right? And but I was it was a blessing to see uh Palm Springs with withstood um, you know, COVID and was able to continue to host the Boost Conference. So um glad that we were able to make it. Uh, shout out to Tia Quinn, who is the founder and the CEO of the Boost Conference, the best out-of-school time conference, uh, for not only just putting it on, but allowing us, I Am Impact, to share space uh, with folks. And so we're going to start. We had the opportunity, the privilege to do something special this year. couple of special things. Couple, of, You know, a couple of special things. But yeah. the first thing that we got to do um, was the pop-up dinner. Mm-hmm. Right? So the pop-up dinner is a private invitation we have folks register, pre-register before the actual conference. Uh, after they've registered for the conference, they can sign up uh, to, to join us in this private uh, setting, private dinner, uh, to be able to just have conversation, to have dialogue. And our topic for the I'm Impact uh, pop-up dinner was resiliency, celebrating your impact. And brother, I don't know about you, like, let's, let's, talk, about, let's talk about this experience, right? We go, I forgot even, I forgot the name. I was, this is how you know it's special, because I forgot about the food and the name of the spot. I just was, I was so engaged with people, I forgot where we were. I just know it was a burger place. That's I, about yeah, I all I remember. Place. I don't remember anything else either. Yeah, I remember the people. Uh, so let's, like, I want you to kick us, off, kick us off with it. What were, like, some experiences, like, what stood out to you? Anything you want to highlight? I think just in the very beginning, it was like, the walk there, it was a whole lot of complaining. Like, <laughs> people were complaining. I think a part of it was, like, I signed up for this dinner. I didn't really know what it was. Like, why am I here kind of thing. Right. So the walk there was interesting just to kind of see the people like, dang, are we going to get there? And the walk was actually a little further than I thought it was going to be. And mind you, we in Palm Springs, so it's desert heat. So we walking, and it's like people were kind of complaining. But it's like as we finally arrived, it's like things began to pick up. And it just got better, and I feel like we we got closer over conversation. It was just a, uh, it was actually just beautiful because even us, like I feel like Nate sometimes just be taking opportunities and don't even really know fully what it is. And when we sat down and we actually figured out like what we wanted to do, it was like we're always intentional about how we want people to feel, like what we want them to gain. Um, we always want it to be a great experience. So I th- I guess I'll start it like that. I think too, in addition to the walk over. We started right there. On the walk over, we began to build community and relationship, right? Even it was the complaining, because even some of the complaining, uh, and I'm thinking about those folks, we now have a relationship with mm-hmm. them, right? And thinking about, who <laughs> I know Jennifer was one, right, mm-hmm. who was like, are we going to stop every two seconds? Are we going to stop every two seconds to, like, you know, like, do a head count, like, in elementary school? And it was like, yo, that's, that's, that's funny, because we actually are stopping to make sure we got all our people. Right, we don't lose nobody. Right, absolutely. So making sure that um, our community, but again, that's community. Off top, we have folks that are caring about each other in space and that don't know each other. So I thought that was super beautiful. Another thing, I think I was just overwhelmed with just being in Palm Springs and being back in person um, at this uh, this level, right, of type of conference. Like, so for me, just that walk over there, it was super beautiful, and it was a lot longer than I, than I thought. Um, and then once the, the conversation started, I think we had our, we had our ORIC questions, right, um, and we were ready to, to go with those. Folks 
started getting vulnerable, like off top. Super vulnerable. Any, any, like anything you thinking about off the top of your head? Specifically, I'm trying to remember because I'm just going back to that moment. I think we just started asking questions. And the way these oric questions are set up is it always starts very topical. And then as you ask the next questions, it gets a little deeper and a little deeper. And ORID is actually an acronym. Um, so the O question is an observational level, reactionary, um, ideas or ideation, and then a decisional. And so asking these questions is kind of a focused way to have a conversation to kind of bring you to a point. Um, which is also another facilitation thing that we do. So if you need to have discussions or certain conversations you want to have with people, that's what we do as well. And honestly, we use this in our own families. And it does help when you can ask these questions and have your, if you're a parent, if you can have your kids answer these questions. Because a lot of times we're telling them the answers, like this is what you do here, this is what you do there. But once we start to actually ask these questions, now we can see if they actually get it because the reality is when we're not around, they're going to still have to be able to make those sound decisions. So got a little down a rabbit trail. But <laughs> back to the dinner. Um, asking those questions, I think, I think everybody's been waiting on this moment to just be in community, be able to share. And another piece of that is working in the field that we work in in education, I think we all have a similar um, experience Sometimes it's lonely being on that island by yourself, running your site, wearing all these hats, having all these responsibilities. And now we're in space with people that absolutely understand. Mm. And it's an opportunity to be like, when I share this, I know people are going to understand. And so when we started to ask those questions, I think that's why it didn't really take long for people to get vulnerable because there was a, a general understanding that, hey, we're all in this work and you understand because you're in this work. Absolutely. And I think super dope that, the folks that we, one, we didn't have relationship whatsoever with some of them. Um, some of them we kind of knew, right? Like we've seen them in other places, but we really didn't know them. Yeah. Um, and then we got to that level where after we started going around, having that those odd conversations and those questions were being answered, you know it started getting real when folks were like not worried about eating. We had one, shout out to Kendra. She was really hungry. She was like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Like we having a good time. However, I'm ready to eat. But for the most part, including myself, like I was putting the food off like, nah, let's have great conversation. I'm glad to. The waitress, she was very understanding. She wasn't being rude or coming out, you know, uh, hassling us about, you know, making that order. Um, but when we started to go around the table and have those questions and have them respond, it was like absolutely like beautiful to hear like, you know what I'm saying? Like to see the people's responses, to see how um, emotional, how connected folks were uh, to be back in space. Like, and so shout out to the, our, our crew from Grass Valley, right? We had, and I, was, I, I could remember how they were sitting. We had Corey, we had uh, Craig, we had uh, Cash. Cash, and then Kelsey was on the other side. Uh, shout out to our Grass Valley, uh, you know, our Grass Valley crew who came out all the way to Palm Springs too, and they rock with IM Impact. So, you know, we're glad that we were able to catch up with y'all. Um, you know, and for me, Again, being able to be the host and, uh, again, this opportunity, this privilege to be able to host this pop-up dinner was just a beautiful experience. And so uh, the pop-up dinner um, was phenomenal. And I think on our way home after we ate, we broke bread, a great conversation. Shout out to Christina Choa um, out in the Central Valley. Didn't, re- didn't know this, right? But one of the things that she shared was coming to a workshop before, one of the IM Impact workshops, super engaged, loved the healing circles, went back, took a tour, her program, and now they made it a part of their culture, right? And that's what they do. So that was beautiful. 
tears started flowing, right? And it's just like, you don't know. Sometimes, too, you don't know the impact that you have on folks mm -hmm. uh, when you're just moving in your gift. And so um, we ended with the pop-up dinner, walked back to the hotel, and that's when those relationships really formed because folks didn't want to leave our side after that. Like, what y'all doing? What you, what, you know, what's, what's the next move? So that was, that was beautiful. Anything else that uh, you would have captured? I just think it was just beautiful, too, how, like, it shifted and people were vulnerable. Like, hey, I got signed up for this dinner. I didn't want to be here. Right. Like, my friend, she signed me up. I was like, what is this? But as as I actually experienced, you know, what this was, I'm kind of glad that I came. And to me, that that's what it's really all about. Um, because that's what we really set out to have people feel. We want it to be intentional. We want people to leave with something. Um, we want your life to be better. And so that's that's just what we do. So Yo, you know what I just thought about, Gene? I want to cover the Mentor California, that workshop, yo. Everything mentoring, yo, like, this was the first time, so let me set the context for y'all. Mm -hmm. So I'm now with Mentor California. I work for Mentor California as Director of Youth Development. President and CEO Marcus Struther uh, has launched Mentor California back in 2020. Um, and I, I've known of Marcus Struther, and, but I've never got to see him in action in a workshop. And... He's also never got to see me live in a workshop either in person. And so we were super excited to be able to, for the first time, be able to see him in person um, and super, super powerful workshop. You want to, anything that come to your mind, you want to, you want to like start us off? I was just thinking about it. Like we got to cover the Mentor California workshop. I think it was super powerful. I think throughout this, this conference, there were just these moments, these powerful moments that, um, emotional, super gripping. Um, just things that really stood out, some things that we made connections to things that we hadn't even really made connections to before. And this workshop was one of those defining moments where it's like, I had an aha moment. Um, I think Marcus is a great, great facilitator, very intentional about making connections and community with Absolutely. people. Um, I think... His style, like, is him, um, and that's what really resonated with me. It's authentic. This is who you are. I think to see him, like, the thing that stuck out in the beginning was just, like, the hugs. Mm. And it's, like, what I thought about is, like, people have been waiting three years to be able to be in space with other people mm. and to give hugs, and it almost felt like nobody even thought about COVID. Like, nobody was worried about it. It was almost like it never happened. It just felt like we were back to how things were before COVID, and I think that was special because... I didn't think it would be that way. I thought we would have been like, oh, I don't know if I want to, uh, maybe not. But it was just like, nah, come here. Give me a hug. Right. Um, so I think that part was dope. Super fire. Um, I, I, I agree. I can't um, disagree with you. I think that Marcus does a great job of bringing folks in space together. And also now, like, being a part of this team, being a part of Mentor California, it's just us two. Um I got to see that and know like this is this is this brother like this is who he is you know what I'm saying like so that was super dope again in addition to the hugs man I gotta we gotta highlight the suitcase activity so suitcase activities context um, Mark Strother uses uh, was it painters tape take the painters tape put it on the wall outline of a suitcase uh, then have folks take a post it note write down something that they're carrying right because he understands that when we come into space we're humans first. We're humans first, so when we come into space, you know, what are you carrying? Write down on a sticky note that one thing that you're carrying right now that you know that you that you feel comfortable in sharing with folks. So 
I thought that was super powerful. And for me, I was carrying a lot. Recently, I lost my cousin, um, 18 years old, to gun violence. And prior, you know, a week before that, um, losing a friend, um, you know, in ministry and a brother, just a close friend over and all. Uh, so very emotional to be also be back in space with folks. And so um, that's what I was carrying. And then in, in addition to that, having to get back to Sacramento, I was um, going to have to do this, uh, officiate the, the, the funeral. So that's what I was carrying. And now when I went to write that down, I just got super emotional. Like I couldn't even like just tears start filling my eyes. It was like, yo, like where is this coming from? Um, but I think the beautiful thing was as we shared, everybody went up on uh, and put their their post-it note right inside the suitcase. Um, and at the end of the workshop, I think it was powerful where he encouraged everybody to be willing to carry something, carry, go to the wall and grab something that you're willing to carry with, right? You're willing to help somebody, uh, you're willing to help carry it with them, not necessarily carry it for them, right? Not do their job for them, but to know that they're not alone in whatever it is that they're carrying. And so the post-it note that I grabbed, I don't know if you remember yours, but the one that I grabbed said that I'm here in Palm Springs now, but I'm worried about paying my bills when I get back. Mm. So, right, there's this person at this conference being it trying to enjoy themselves, trying to network, trying to get these resources to bring back to their program, uh, but they also are worrying about being able to pay their bills when they get back uh, to, to their home city. So for me, like, I'm willing to carry that with you. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know even know who you are, but um, even if you listen to this podcast, I'm hoping that things have, you know, panned out for you. You've been able to pay those bills because, you know, I've, I've been there where things get tight and you're trying to figure out, you know, it's like, do I go to the conference or do I not go to the conference, right? And I haven't seen folks in three years. I'm going to the conference too, right? These bills going to have to just, you know, wait. But um, that's, that's, a, that's a tough decision uh, to make. Anything else that kind of stood out to you in the workshop? I think the person that, uh, uh, the post-it note I grabbed, it said um, they were just becoming a father, and that was the one that kind of resonated with me. So you can see, like, for some people's, theirs was heavy, and other people's is like a celebratory moment. Um, mm. So when I was looking at the wall, I wanted to make a quick decision because it was just so many, and some people were up there just stuck like, oh, I don't know which one to choose. So that's the one that stuck out to me, just celebrating being a dad because at that point, I just had my son. He was born on Easter, and so... I was like, yeah, that's something I could carry with that person. The other thing that really stood out to me was the the Creed clip, of course. Mm. And I've watched Creed so many times, but it was like this one specific clip that he took and he wanted us to kind of dissect and kind of think about, like, what are our students dealing with, Um, our black and brown students? What are they kind of dealing with and carrying in this clip? And in this clip, it was basically where he was getting whooped. Um, He was getting whooped, and he went to the corner, and his eye was shut. And, you know, he had everybody cheering him on before that. Before he got up, he had everybody cheering him on, his mom, his wife, um, his dad. And he got up, went to the corner. His eye was shut. And instead of uh, giving up, Rocky was asking him, you know, do you want to go? And he was like, yeah, I want to go. And, of course, he couldn't see out of that eye. And so when the referee was asking him how many fingers he was holding up, the cut man was tapping the number on his hand and gave him the number so he can say the right number so he can continue to fight. And to me, that was just like super dope how different people kind of dissected it. Yeah, yeah. And kind of in that moment, I kind of resonated with him as a fighter as far as, you know, as a black man 
not really given a lot of opportunities. And one of the things that he said that like really stuck with me was like, I want to prove that my life wasn't a failure or an accident. Yeah. And if I don't get this opportunity to continue this fight, I'll never be able to prove that. Now my whole life, in my eyes, would be worthless. Worthless because some people were saying, oh, no, they shouldn't have did that. Just should have called the fight. My stance was like, let me die out there. Like, mm. And if I die out there, that's my destiny. I'm supposed to do that in honor of my dad. And if that's how I go out, that's how I go out. But I would live my life regretfully if I don't go out there and continue this fight. Yeah, that's powerful. I think one of the things, too, that we also we liked, as he called out, was the perception, the perspectives that were there within the room. Some mm-hmm. folks were, yay, he should have, um, you know, he should have thrown in the towel. Others were like, no. I think something that you called out, too, was in addition to it, like black men, uh, in America, and especially in education in, in these different spaces, we always, we're, we're in a fight, right? We're in fight mode because we're having to fight for opportunity. Oh, I remember. Fight for chances. I remember what I said. I said, as a black man, we're always in fights that we're supposed to lose. Mm. So to me, this fight wasn't any different than a lot of the other fights. We're getting whooped in a lot of other fights, but we're not supposed to win any of them, but that doesn't mean we don't continue to fight. So that, that is actually the first thing that kind of stuck out to me. Fire, fire. And I, and I think, too, like, one of the dope things about when you have a mentor, you have, we think about Adonis Creed, right, fighting in this ring to prove that he's not a failure, to prove that he's not a mistake. He was given the cheat code. Mm-hmm. And so when you have mentors, when you have folks that are around you in your corner, right, you get the cheat code. And I think for a lot of kids of color, we don't often get the cheat codes. We got to work extremely hard uh, to get to get to where we are. Exactly. And sometimes harder than everybody else. And I think that that even goes into, like, even for us, when we about to talk about our workshop, man, you know, like we extremely hard on ourselves about what the 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 product that we put out there mm-hmm. is because we don't want it to be seen as some as something that is not of value or we didn't take our time with it's not of craft right so um I think that that's a great point but I also realize the power in having community right that we get the cheat code we get the support that we're needed to be able to have the opportunities uh, to continue to fight right so if he didn't have that cheat code he doesn't get to prove to himself. And we know, like, when some of those opportunities, we're robbed of those opportunities, that can lead to all kinds of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, because now you're like, what would have happened, right? I don't know what would have, if you wouldn't have stopped the fight, right? Like, maybe I could have done this, I could have done that. So I think that was super powerful, that clip. So shout out to, again, to Marcus Strother, President and CEO of Mentor California. My new job, Uh, happy to be there. Uh, But now, man, we got to talk about after that, man. Uh, also, we got a funny, funny note. Uh, Marcus Strother is the coolest guy to do karaoke we've ever seen. Uh, he did karaoke singing. What was he singing? Uh, Purple Rain. Purple Rain with his hand in his pocket, right? The like that's when you time. know you got vocals. You just can sing the, with your hand in your pocket. Coolest karaoke I've never seen in my life. Oh <laughs> uh, man! So yeah. So after that, man, the next day, this is where like the moment we've been waiting for, right? The moment we've been waiting for is the I Am Impact Healing Circles. It's been three years. We haven't been able to be in person and do circles. Um, And some folks, right, have heard about it. Some folks have experienced it. Some folks know that they need it, and they're excited to be in space. And I got to be honest, I'm going to be 100. Like, when we got to our room, it wasn't right. It wasn't set up right. We didn't have... The things we needed, our Wi-Fi wasn't working, Audio projector was wasn't working, up. the music wasn't working, our uh, video phone stabilizer wa- wasn't working. Like so, 
I remember vividly my brother saying, uh, addressing our audience and saying, you know, we invite you, the whole you, to come into this space, right? And so something happened for me that was different, which was I actually usually would suppress my feelings and emotions, right? Oh, it's not going my way. Time to suck it up, act like, put on this front. But when he said that this time, it resonated on a deeper level. I was like, you know what? And I was telling him, like, yo, things are not going our way. Like, I'm not happy right now, but we're going to make it. But things are not going our way. And I think that that also allowed folks to be able to show up authentically. And that's what we want to see in our workshops. And that's what we, we want to encourage um, in different workspaces, not just within our healing circles in our realm, but in everywhere you go, especially as, as employment and professional spaces, folks should be able to show up as they are, right? So that they can actually maybe really deal with that stuff that they're going through. And I think that goes back to even to Marcus's workshop, right? We're carrying something. So as we're coming into that space and Gene telling our participants, like, we want you to show up authentically. We invite you in because some of we, some of you we know, you've told yourself, oh, it's time to act professional now, mm -hmm. right? It's time to put on a smile. Like, no, if you're not happy right now, you sad right now, you stressed out right now, you know, you sleepy right now, whatever it may be, you hung over right now because we are at the, you know, we're at the conference where it's a lot of partying as well. Show up authentically. Because I think for me, when you said that too, it, it allows people to respond to the real you, mm -hmm. right? And I don't think that a lot of folks are given that opportunity. And I'll say, that's even hitting home right now. Like, you know, I, like, let's go there, right? Like, so I haven't been giving people the opportunity to see the real Nate mm. and the stuff that I'm really dealing with, the stuff how I really feel because I put on this mask of everything's okay when it's not. Mm -hmm. And I think you, I want to, you know, give you your flowers and tell you I appreciate you for being authentic and letting me know that it's okay to show up and be vulnerable and be you. When things are not going your way, you ain't, it ain't your job to pretend, right? So people could deal with the real you because then you showing up real and authentic allows them to be able to see the real you because then when you maybe get to that level where you can't fake it, you can't, you know what I'm saying, you can't fake it till you make it, they're not left looking confused like, what's wrong with Nate? Like, yeah. what's, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm human too, so I, I thank you for... Uh, breaking down that 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 partition, that that wall, right? Uh, that barrier in my life that was hindering me to always think that I got to show up super optimistic and positive. Like that is who I am. But there are times where Nate is sad, Nate is depressed, Nate, you know, is anxious, and um, I need to know that it's okay to be that. So salute to you and thank you for that. Uh, but that was just a start, right? Like anything you want to get into, uh, man. Our workshop was lit. <laughs> I think that that piece that you just said, I mean, thank you for, you know, those kind words. I think, you know, for me, it's a journey as well. And I think the, the first thing I learned in that journey is, like, it's so much easier to be authentic. Um, yes, it comes with scrutiny sometimes. Yes, it comes with certain things. But at the end of the day, at least, at least you are real about it. At least people can actually judge you based on what's actually you. And at the end of the day, I could live with that. And so for me, it's just me building that confidence to be like, I'm going to be authentic in whatever space I'm in. And if people love me for it, cool. If they hate me for it, that's cool too. But whatever happens here is going to resonate with those who it's supposed to resonate with. And I just think, you know, as minorities, as black folks, like sometimes when we come into certain spaces, we got to leave stuff at the door. And it's just like, I'm never going to be introduced to who you actually are because yeah. that piece of you is missing. 
right. you're not showing up whole. And I can't judge you based on that. And so that's the piece to me that it's like I have to invite the whole person in because it really allows what's supposed to happen to happen too. Dope. Dope. Man, I just want to pause again and give a shout-out to Tia Quinn um, and the whole Boost leadership team. The whole team. Right. Whole team for putting on this conference. We don't know what it took for you all to, to make this happen. We don't know uh, the barriers. We don't know the opposition that you all face, right? You gathering over what we had, 2,500 folks registered for this conference. We're out, trying, to out, um, trying to come out of the pandemic. We're trying to be back, get into to some type of normalcy. So shout out to... Tia Quinn, shout out to the Boost leadership team for putting on this event because, again, we don't know what it took. So we just want to give you, again, give you your flowers, salute you because this was all possible. We're able to have these special moments and special connections because of the great work that you all did. So um, thought I would, you know, be out of line, out of order if I didn't highlight that. Uh, but going back into the workshop, man. I am Impact Healing Circles. I am Impact Healing Circles. When we think about being in that space, another thing that stood out to me uh, was our check-ins. We always, we want to do a pulse check. Before we get started within our workshop, we try to see, hey, how you, how are folks doing, right? Yeah. So we got the music going. Um, and even before that, right, we do the, we do our, uh, social mi- our, our social mixer. We get everybody stand up, have everybody walk around, introduce, say their name, their name, organization, and one thing that they need. Those are the three, those are the three directions. Name, right? organization, and one thing they need, and then we tell them to keep Move it moving. Move on. Keep on, keep it moving. Because <laughs> we know what? People are going to stop. People get comfortable, right? And don't let somebody need the same like, thing oh, that you, you need. hungry? I'm hungry, I'm hungry too. too. What you want to eat? What later, you right? to eat? So now we distracted. Now we, you know, in the lost focus. So uh, we tell them to do that. And this also breaks the ice, brings community, allows folks to connect on a different level. Um, and then we put it back on the audience, our participants. We allow them to kind of, give us their, their wisdom and their expertise. And it's always just a, a blessing and a beautiful thing to see people from the outside break it down because we'll be like, yeah, that's exactly what we wanted to see. Then we have them. We have our sticky walls. We have them go hashtag one word of how they're feeling. So we check the, the, check the space, right, because we know that it's a conference, a lot of workshop, a lot of things that are going on. Um, you know, some folks are probably having to still check in, at their households, make sure things are in order. So there's a lot of things that are going on. And so we take all those things into consideration. And it actually helps us kind of recalibrate on the fly. Um, Of course, we do a lot of planning and preparation. But to be honest, like, I would say like 60% of it is what we plan and the other 40% is just the magic that happens um, outside of what we even plan. Like, we don't even be trying to make some of the stuff happens, but... I think if you just create the space for things to happen, that's the beauty of it when you're in space with so many other people. Um, we don't, we aren't, we're not the ones, the only ones contributing. The people from the audience are actually contributing as well. So just as we're giving, we're also receiving. And so there's always beauty that happens in that. And so 60% is like, yeah. And then the 40% is like, bro, that was something crazy that I could have never, like, I could have never planned for that. And I always tell people, the circle does what the circle does, right? We get into the circle, we go into our, our rhythm, right? We have our welcome. We have our, our, our centerpiece. And so um, for those who don't know, we kind of give you a quick overview. I'm Impact Healing Circles. We have our introductions. We do a welcome. We have we explain our centerpiece, uh, which usually we have something that represents uh, the elements of life. So you have water or earth, and you have uh, maybe like a plant. Some folks do can do bugs. That, that ain't me. That ain't the, I'm not the bugs person. Um, but for, we also invite something that is personal to us. So 
Uh, for me, I had a picture of my pops, uh, a, bound, a box of uh, crown uh, royal, my grandfather, uh, represents my grandfather. Um, and you want to share what you brought to the circle? So I brought a flower, which represented uh, life. And then I had a blanket from my father who passed in 2020. Also, I had pictures of my family and my kids and the obituary of my grandfather um, who passed in 2021. And when we, like, talking about healing, right, understanding that these are things that we're going through as we're navigating space, as we are doing our job, fulfilling our purpose, these are things that happen, right? We lose people. You know, we, we have to struggle with that, to, the, with loss and with grief and process that. And so I think, again, as we shared earlier, like, I think that's what makes it so beautiful is that we're not on the other side of it, right? We are not at the finish line. We're going through this with, with people, and we're sharing our experience and what has uh, helped us, what has hindered us. And uh, it's a beautiful thing that takes place. And then we share the importance of a talking piece. Uh, then we uh, talk about uh, we have an opening. So it's a very sacred experience. And then uh, agreements. And so our agreements are always speak with your heart, listen with your heart, speak with respect, listen with respect, honor privacy, and remain present. And so we always ask folks, <laughs> can you all do this? And what do they say? Yeah, 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 yeah. We can yeah. do it. We can speak with the heart. We can listen with our heart. And then that's where we get them, right? And that's where some of you probably be like, yeah, I can do that, speak with my heart. But no, what we ask folks, what does speak with your heart mean? What does listen with your heart mean? What does speak with respect mean? And we're always, it always starts Right? That's where that magic starts to kick in. Because you agreeing to something that you haven't even defined yet. Right? So and Which I, is what we do, actually, in a lot of relationships. I just need me, a woman that's going to respect me. But I don't ever define what that means for me or her. Absolutely. So right? your definition of respect may mean one thing, and mine may, mean, mine may mean another. And it's like there's so many unspoken expectations. And then when they don't get met, it's like, I told you to respect me. And he... She might be like, I was. Now we got resentment. Right. <laughs> right. Now we beefing. Now I'm on the couch, whatever the case may be, because we didn't have or what we talked to our, our healing circles, right, or an invitation into intentional dialogue and exploration, right? We want to explore what does this community need to thrive? What does this community need to be able to exchange uh, their gifts, right? And so beautiful, beautiful things uh, take place during our, our, our uh, healing circles. Another, anything else that stood out to you about our workshop? Just super emotional. Oh, man. Super, Talk about super it. emotional. <laughs> I feel like for the most part, you know, I was being a thug. For the most part, Nate started to, you know, he started to get a little emotional. And at that point, I'm like, I got it. I'm still, you know, the tears start welling a little bit. But I was like, I ain't about to cry. Like, it ain't about to happen. Um, but the more we dove in, it was like I got to the point to where I just couldn't couldn't hold it in anymore. It was just so many things happening. Um, much needed, like much needed tears were shed. Um, much needed things were shared. Yeah, man, it was super duper emotional. And I think after that point, it was emotional for like the next 24 hours. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like yeah. 24 hours nonstop. Like it was just emotional that whole time. <laughs> I want to read this quote. So one of the things that we always read in our healing circles is quote by Sabanfu Same. By Sabanfu Same, it goes... Community is the spirit, the guiding light of the tribe, whereby people come together in order to fulfill a suspicious... Ah, we're going to cut that part out. <laughs> no, we're not. Keep it uh, in. Community is a spirit, the guiding light of the tribe, whereby people come together in order to fulfill a specific purpose, to help others fulfill their purpose, and to take care of one another. 
The goal of community is heard and is properly giving the gifts he or she has brought into this world. Without this giving, the community dies. And without the community, the individual is left without a place where he or she can contribute. The community is that grounding place where people come and share their gifts and receive from others. That quote right there hit differently this time. Set it off. Set back. What did it do for you? I think that with without this giving of gifts, the community dies. I think that hit me like no other. I, I, it's like I know everybody's been giving gifts, and mine in particular that hit, hit me was music. Um, it's probably the thing that I'm least confident about, and I shared that in space. Once that quote hit me, it kind of shifted even where we were going next, and so I was like, I got to share it. And then I had somebody in particular that was in our pop-up dinner that heard the song, and that was the first thing he said when he came in our workshop. He was like, you're going to share the song. And I told him then, like, no, I'm not. I'm not sharing the song. It's not going to happen. But then when I heard that quote, without this giving, the community dies. And it's just like, I care about my community, and I don't want my community to die. And mm. so mm. in that moment, I was like, I didn't have a choice but to share. But it also gave me the confidence to share. Yo, that's- and so I shared it. Um, it was an acapella song that I recorded um, called Beautifully Brown. And it was a song, honestly, that I've worked on for probably like the last seven years. And over time, I've refined them. I I changed the lyrics. I changed some of the melodies and some of the tunes. And it's like I finally got it to a point to where it's like, okay, I think it's what it's supposed to be. And I shared it, and it it resonated well with people. One person in particular, (laughs) I don't know if his allergies was... Hey, listen, (laughs) y'all. I don't know what happened, but I was like a a proud father just sitting there crying. I was like that dude. I know y'all done seen the YouTube video of that man with the intervention. (laughs) I was, hey, ugly crying all. But it was so beautiful. As he shared, right, those other 40% of the workshops, we plan extremely hard, right? I want to put that out there. We put our heart into this work, right? That's why it's impact over everything. We put our heart in this, but we realize that, too, some of this you can't create. Like, you can't mm-hmm. make. You can't force. It has and you to don't happen. have to. And you don't have to. You don't to. have to do it. And it happens so organically and beautifully. Like, so when you just did the song, because he actually st- put his hand on my shoulder was like, nah, we're going to do this, right? It was like, okay, you got it. And then once he did, I sat down and got into the circle, and he... Went around and and sang. I was just like, yo, like listening to the song. This was like, oh my good. And this was what everyone needed, right? It wasn't just what he needed. It was what the community needed, right? So tears were just flowing from so many people because everybody was carrying something different. And I think that song was also helping liberate people because people were also seeing you break through your chains mm. during this workshop. So mm. I think again, when we tell people. Right, we talk about I'm Impact Healing Circles. There's always going to be something that we're carrying or that we are dealing with as we're jumping into the space. So when we were uh, going through this, like you said, like losing our brother Matt, you know, losing my, my cousin Jalen, like coming into the space, like, you know, losing his pops, losing his grandfather, right, being in this space. These are things that we're carrying, but we're still trying to show up 100% or as much as we can to help the next person, to help the community. And I think that that's what's so beautiful is because people can feel our heart, right? I can also feel like, I feel like they see it, right? Actually just like beaten right right before them. And so beautiful, beautiful things took place, man. And shout out to everybody who participated in our workshop. Again, thank you for Boost for having us because this was a beautiful thing, man. Um, anything else you want to highlight, man? That was just, I mean, that's enough right there, but that was just fire. 
I just think, man, it's been a long time coming. I think too, just reflecting on our journey, collectively, um, individually. I think that was just a defining moment too. Like this was my fourth boost conference that I've attended. I think this is like your fifth or sixth. Yep. And it's just like I kind of could see the growth, and the more opportunities were be were being given, the more people that saying, "Hey, can you guys be a part of this, or can you do this?" This is dope. Fire. And I think, too, like, you know, as we come to a close and thinking about just the Boost Conference as a whole, right, we had the keynote speakers. Another opportunity that I had was to, to moderate a discussion, mm. um, a movie, right, through their film festival. Um, again, shout out to the conference, just doing dynamic stuff. And so we had the film festival. Our movie was uh, River City Drumbeat. So I was asked to moderate this discussion after the film was over. And... Um, Movie super beautiful, right? Uh, about an after school program, doing a drum corps program, and uh, gentleman's getting older now, and it's time to retire, time to hang it up. And in the process of him uh, building out this beautiful program for young people, loses his, his bride, loses his wife, um, and his his protege Alan, right, is about to take over, and it captures this journey of them of this process of of the baton being passed, and. Um, one of the things that stood out about this movie is when in the intro of the movie, he says something. He says, culture is what's going to save our people. Culture is what's going to save our people. And for me, that like hit home because I realized that as a young black boy in South Sacramento, one of the things that I was lacking was identity. Mm. Right? I was lacking culture. Right? And so we talked about this recently that you know, a lot of black people here in America have were stripped of our culture, stripped of our, our native tongue. And so there's things that we don't know, right, that that may take place in tribes in our in our homeland. And so for me, it was realizing that I grew up with, a, you know, a lot of my partners, a lot of my friends were Hispanic, were Mexican. And they, right, spoke a language, they dressed a certain way, and I adopted that and made that of my own because I lacked my own culture, my own identity. And so I just felt like this movie helped me to go even deeper to see things that I lacked as a black man in America and how powerful culture really is and how we need it, uh, to, how it sustains us and, and moves us forward. And so in this movie, this drum corps, this culture of drumming allow, is saving young people's lives because it gives them purpose. It gives them uh, opportunity. Connects them back to their roots. Connects them back to their roots, man. Super, super beautiful. Uh, and I want to say, like, the last things I'll say, right, a couple couple things. One is just to be able to see people back in space. Uh, shout out to our uh, folks who came through. You know, we had Brazil, we had Tracy and Corey, um, who were just, as Gene said, the next 24 hours after our workshop, we're just emotional, man. You would have <laughs> cried right now. <laughs> but uh, super emotional. I had breakthroughs of, uh, for myself personally, of being able to, to be able to show up authentically. And to be able to tell people, you know, what I really need. And, um, you know, I want to give a personal shout out to Corey who said, you know, Nate, it's okay for you to say no to protect yourself. And, um, you know, she, you know, highlight, really taking heed to what I've been telling, you know, sharing with her. She honed in on something that was uh, really triggering for me. And so that really helped me to be able to also see uh, the, the how proud of you I am and the connection as we talk about. We've know, I've known this brother since the first grade. Right. And so to see the things that are manifesting in front of our eyes, I think is even more special, something different because we're on a different level. 
on a way different level, man. Anything you want to uh, highlight? Said it all, huh? Just that good? It's that good. It's just sizzling in my spirit. <laughs> hey, well, I love it. If you like it, I love it, man. Um, as we close out, so our recap, this is our relaunch. Stay tuned. We're going to have a lot more podcasts dropping. We're going to have some special guests. Uh, we definitely going to have to bring our friends, our whole California After School Network crew, all of our people, man. We got so many people who have to come through because we got to give shout outs to, I mean, we don't even, I ain't even going to get no shout outs because I don't want to have no people You're in their feelings. Somebody else. Somebody going to be in their feelings like, what about me? Remember, I carried your shirt to the right. <laughs> I put your luggage in anyway. So we want to say thank you for tuning in. And until next time, know that you are impact. Yes, Gene, sir. any last words? Peace. <laughs> we out. <laughs>